When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I've got a great conversation to share with you that I had with Claire Diaz-Ortiz, who has been on the show three times previously. This time, we're going to talk about mentoring and not just the benefits of mentoring or being a mentor, but how to find the right mentor how to set it up the best way possible so that it's a mutually beneficial relationship, different types of mentoring, and how mentoring differs from masterminds or accountability groups or even coaching or consulting. Claire is putting on a free success mentoring summit. And all you need to do to go sign up is go to beyondthetodolist.com slash success summit. I know you're going to want to make sure to go sign up. Before we get into that conversation, I want to let you know about Seth Godin's Alt-MBA workshop. This is an intensive leadership and management workshop designed to bring together two groups of about 100 to 120 leaders and curate the right group of those people from different industries and areas of expertise so that you are in the mix with people that are at the top of their field who will support and strengthen each other. This workshop then splits you up into groups every week so that you're meeting with a bunch of different people that you would never otherwise have a chance to meet. You get and give feedback while working on your projects. And by working on 13 projects across the course of this month, you're constantly pushing yourself and creating work as proof instead of just passively learning. This is truly drinking from the fire hose instead of just soaking something in drip by drip. In essence, you're going to rewire your brain for better habits and practicing and working through and working out of those habits. The Alt-MBA has over a 1,000 alumni that were either from or have gone on to be part of Slack, Tesla, Kickstarter, Trello, Warby Parker, and much more. And there's no lectures or videos. It's all rolling up your sleeves, doing work with the others around you, and alumni all say they do it again in a heartbeat. The curriculum is entirely hands-on, 75% of the time. You're shipping. You're doing practical work on your projects to apply what you've learned. Alt-MBA is now accepting applications for summer and fall sessions. To find out more, go to altmba.com. And if you feel like you need some special consideration, drop them an email at todo at altmba.com, and they'll send you extra details. Just let them know I sent you. That's T-O-D-O at altmba.com, and they will send you 
details about how to get in and apply. This is not just consumptive learning. This is experiential learning, and it's experiencing it with other top-tier people. Send them an email at todo at altmba.com. That's todo at altmba.com. Now, enjoy this conversation with Claire Diaz-Ortiz. This week, it is my privilege to welcome back to the show for the fourth time, Claire Diaz-Ortiz. Claire, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, we were just discussing pre-recording. I was saying I'd been on three times. You were saying I'd been on four times. You were right. And I don't know if I've ever said this, but it was kind of cool. I was like, well, wow, this person's really excited about my show. And I clicked through to your Twitter bio and I was like, oh my gosh, she's like important or something. <laughs> no, hardly, hardly. But I was excited. Man, yes. I was yeah. super excited. It was like, what a great title for a podcast. First yeah. of all, I saw that. And then I said, oh my gosh, a whole podcast about productivity. And I don't know, maybe five years ago, there were there were fewer of them or something. I'm there, not sure. But at the I time, know. I thought it was like, yes. really Yes, I know for a fact there were fewer of them. There's still not that many, if you really think mm. about it, in terms mm-hmm. of how many... Ones that people actually listen to. Exactly. Also. So, But you were out there, and, and as soon as I noticed that you had written stuff about productivity, I said, oh, well, you've got to come on the show. So you did. And then mm-hmm. you came back again. Uh, and I think we talked about designing your day. And mm-hmm. then I think again after that, either it was right before or right after. No, the second time was right before you had your first child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's why I remember. Because the first time was really cool because like, oh, wow, this person like knows what they're talking about. Great. Uh, the second time was right before your daughter was born. And the third time was right before your twins were born. Mm. <laughs> so that was mm-hmm. why I remembered uh, in hindsight. But this time you're, you've birthed yet another book and you've done it with someone who's written tons of books. Ken Blanchard? Jeez, come on. And yeah. uh, it's called One Minute Mentoring. And the subtitle I think every book now is required to have a subtitle, right? I think um, so. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it's like the they kick you out. Anyway, 1 minute mentoring, how to find and work with a mentor and why you'll benefit from being one. And what's cool is you're not just doing a book about this, but you're also in essence having a whole summit about that. So, let's talk about the summit real quick and uh people have already heard probably the link to go sign up for that in the intro. Let's sell them on that real quick and then talk about this book. Yeah. So first, you know, we're the book is coming out on May 2nd, and then we are hosting the Success Mentor Summit from May 9th to May 17th. Um, the, the concept is really, you know, do you want a mentor for your own success? I think a lot of people would say yes to that. Raise your hand and say yes, right? And so if you do want a mentor to help you think about what success is and what success isn't and how to build a sustainable path towards it, then this is a free online summit. It runs for eight days and basically I brought together, you know, 45 awesome people, including the likes of Mr. Eric Fisher to talk about really what success means. And they're talking about it through the lens of mentoring, through the lens of mindset, and and ultimately, you know, just showing you kind of a glimpse into their lives, how they've built success, and how they believe that you can better build a path um, to, to your own success, however you might define it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people listening to this show know that basically the vibe that I have going on with this is is having a virtual coffee with people and letting the listener sit at the table next to us and listen in on the conversation. So they're learning by proxy and people want more of that 
from me that, you know, I get messages all the time where they're asking, you know, questions or if I have time or this or that. And, you know, I try to do the, the whole, uh, do for one, what you wish you could do for many when it comes to that. And most of us, again, are already sold on this whole idea that having a mentor or even being a mentor is a good thing and that there's benefits for both the mentor and the mentee. What are some of these benefits in terms of a refresher? Because, I mean, again, like I said, most people are sold on this, that either side of the relationship is beneficial. But let's talk about some of these benefits. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because when I started writing, you know, this book three years ago with Ken Blanchard, I thought I understood the benefits at the time. And it was really only through the process of actually writing this and the process of of actually working with him as my mentor that I came to sort of really get a, a better, more, more clear understanding of what mentoring is and what it can do for you. So, I mean, I think we all probably know that a mentor can help guide you in life, right? I mean, that's, that's probably the, you know, Oxford, Oxford definition is something like, you know, a mentor is an experienced, trusted and advisor, right? But what does that really mean? And how is it different from other things that are out there? Things like coaching, maybe things like masterminds or consulting or, or therapy, right? And so one of the things that Ken and I talked about a lot in writing this is just this idea that being a mentor and being a um, effective mentor is about really being a a guide to someone um, in a holistic way. So as opposed to a coach, you're not focusing on one specific problem that needs to be resolved. You're really focusing on on someone's life or maybe someone's work at the same time and really helping to, to guide them. At the same time, a mentor isn't someone who says, do this and don't do that. Uh, which is really important. And at the same time, a mentor really brings their own experience to the table. So of course, if you're in therapy or something like that, you're not going to be hearing about, um, you know, all your, your therapist experiences as they opine on some of the directions you could take in life, right? So mentoring is, is really an um, effective a strategy to kind of level up and seek success that kind of sits in its own category. And I think it it really works because of that. And, you know, I'll say one of the, the big things I learned through the process of writing the book was kind of really about that this idea that a mentoring relationship is really a partnership and that mentoring kind of goes in both directions. Before I had come to write this book with Ken, I had been a mentor and I had been a mentee and both of those experiences had been really positive for me. But I definitely did not fully understand really that mentoring is a partnership. It's not a one-way thing or at least the most effective mentoring relationships are that way. And so for me, the process of writing in the process of having Ken as my mentor and then realizing that, oh my gosh, he sees me as a mentor in other aspects of life as well was really, really eye-opening. See, that's very cool to me. One, that you're using the word holistic. And I was almost thinking, you know, friendship. It was, it was almost like a mutant. Hmm. I mean, we almost, we don't think of friendship being a one-way thing. The thing that really differentiated it for me mentoring from all these other slightly similar but not exactly the same type of relationships like you listed off with, um, let's see, co- well, coaching specifically or even consulting or mm-hmm. uh, masterminds, that those are all vary in degree of either the amount of people, the duration of the relationship or even the specificity of what the relationship is for. Uh, when it comes to you know skills or honing in on a 
you know, like a specific amount of performance. That's, you know, coaching is, is having somebody coach you and, and coaching is very much one way. It's not both mm-hmm. ways. You know, I don't think, mm-hmm. you know, no, perf- a coach may get something out of the relationship, but it's not, it's more a one way arrow in, in terms of that relationship. Um, and consulting is obviously one way and it's paid. <laughs> so that one's, sure. you know, that, you know, and money entering, it always changes relationships, obviously. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that you're saying the word holistic because it really is that all of life. It's not just career. It's not just relationships. It's purpose and, you know, the phrase that everybody uses, which is work-life balance and all of that wrapped up in one. And again, it's that mutually beneficial. It's it's both helpful for the mentor and the mentee. And I love the way that you illustrate that in the book, which when I started reading it, because it was a really cool, quick, short read of business fiction. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, it's funny to me. I'd never written essentially a, a, a business book as a story, right? I'd, I'd read Ken's books for a long time and they had really impacted me. But when we sort of came to the table and said, okay, how are we going to teach people about mentoring? Um, I was very convicted early on that, you know, what he has done in the past has worked to reach a lot of people and to reach people in, in, in a powerful way, but also a simple way, right? So I think kind of this idea behind one minute mentoring and what does that whole one minute thing mean in front of the word mentoring is really this idea that uh, success doesn't have to be as complicated as you think it is. It's not always just about the hustle and the grind and that you can get great insights um, without having to do too much work or, or in this case, too much reading. So again, I, I went into the book with this idea that, oh, I know what mentoring is. And I think what was surprising to me was to gain so much clarity on what it really is and that even out of you know, – even differentiating mentoring from coaching and masterminds, et cetera, that even in the, the word mentoring or even in the specific category of mentoring itself, there were different types of mentoring relationships. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search. Just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people. Or, at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you enjoy Beyond the To-Do List, I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans. I'm Sarah Hart Unger, the host of Best Laid Plans, a podcast devoted to all things planning and planning adjacent. I talk about everything from paper planner reviews to deep dives into all things productivity from keeping track of goals and tasks to fitting in your true priorities and reducing the stress around planning and organizing across different areas of life. I am a practicing physician and mother of three, so I have a lot going on in my own life, 
and I'm intimately familiar with the time constraints that impact us all. And I love sharing my own productivity strategies and learning from others who have their own ideas to share. I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans, available on all podcast platforms, or visit my website, theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com, to learn more. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that we talked about a lot sort of in in crafting this book was this idea of, okay, what type of mentoring relationship do we want to show through this story? But then also what type of mentoring relationships do we want to sort of call out and identify as other potential great ways for people to engage in mentoring? So in in this story, I think you would you would most effectively say that it's really a cross generational mentoring relationship, and that's really the the mentoring relationship that I have with Ken. Right, we come from different generations, and yet we are each teaching each other in different ways. Right, a few a few sort of different types of mentoring relationships, just to throw them out there. You know, you've got one that is increasingly more common in in organizations that are creating mentoring programs. These new hire mentoring partnerships. Right, so you're new to a company or maybe even to an industry and you come in and you are partnered with someone who who has been there before maybe they are you know reaching retirement or maybe you know they've got 10 solid years under their belt or whatever it may be and they sort of help you and guide you into understanding the new company and and the new industry another pretty um common one, I guess I would say, at least in our sort of understanding of mentoring is this idea of adult to adolescent. And in the book, you know, we we talk about the Boys and Girls Club. Um, it, it plays a role in the story. And I think that's a pretty typical mentoring um, model that people have in their minds. This idea that, you know, an adolescent can be paired with an adult who wants to help them um, to, you know, succeed and study and, you know, think about what they want to be when they grow up. So that's another sort of type of mentoring relationship that is common and successful. This whole idea of generational mentoring, when I heard that, I thought to myself, the differences in generations between like, say, millennials or Generation X or baby boomers or even uh, the greatest generation. And all of, and, and specifically because my mind is always on this, is the difference between those generations growing up with or without or to what degree, I guess I should say, they've had technology in their lives at, at how early an age. And I thought to myself, man, it would be really cool to have kind of a mutually beneficial mentoring with an older person where since I'm somewhat tech savvy, I could talk to them about that and help them learn some of the benefits with and, and avoid some of the pitfalls of technology. Meanwhile, glean from them things that uh, I could learn from them in terms of like maybe, I don't know, I'd have to come up with stuff. But you, you see what I'm saying? I thought that's really cool. Like my eyes even being opened to that after reading the book were, were pretty surprising to me. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, first of all, that's awesome that your eyes were open to that. And I would also sort of go a step further and say, I think one of the things that I hope that this book really conveys is that not only should your eyes be open to, oh, wow, I can be a mentor. Um, you know, I don't have to be I don't have to be some total expert in every field of life in order to be a mentor, right? I can be a mentor in a specific area. But more than that, just the idea that and also by being a mentor, you're going to also gain from it as well, right? Because I think I think that that is important ultimately. People want to to feel fulfilled in partnerships and and I think that mentoring can do that. I think most people they understand the benefits that there's benefits both ways. So let's start from one one side of things in terms of someone who realizes, you know what, 
I could probably use a mentor. How would you suggest they go about trying to find one? Sure. So I think that the first step is, you know, and Ken and I kind of talk about this really early on is this idea of identifying what type of of mentoring partnership is is best for you. And so we touched on a few of those. There's, you know, the new hire one in an organization. There's maybe the cross-generational one, which is the one Ken and I have. There's the adult to adolescent one, which you see in, you know, big brothers, big sisters, or boys and girls clubs. Um, there's the peer-to-peer one, which is maybe, maybe kind of what you're saying of, you know, you could potentially be a technology mentor to someone else who could maybe mentor you in a different area, right? So there are all these different types of mentoring partnerships. And I think it's important to to first kind of identify what you think would be most useful to you in this season of life. So I would say that's, you know, step one. Once you've identified that, it's about sort of understanding um, the format and the context in which that can take place. If you're looking for a mentor within an organization um, that you're already a part of or within an industry, the the great first step is to, you know, go to your HR or, or go to your professional association to see if they already have something in place that could help direct you in a programmatic way. If that's not the case, then it's about you sort of on your own trying to find someone. And I'm, you know, a big believer of the idea that, you know, as soon as you kind of open yourself up to the idea of being a mentor or being a mentee, um, you know, the, the teacher will kind of, the teacher or the student, I should say, will will kind of appear. And so I do think that once you kind of express to yourself that you've got this openness um, to enter into a mar- mentoring partnership, you're going to see potentials around you. And, you know, it shouldn't be that you, you know, ask everyone around you to be your mentor or your mentee, but you should go through a process of, you know, trying to identify a few people and then going out and asking them. And we talk about in the book how we think it's it's really important in doing so that you think of the the kind of the difference of essence and form. It's it's this idea that, you know, Ken is a big believer of that you should put essence before form. So, you know, trying to make sure that you can understand the essence of what a relationship with someone might be like. And if you have, you know, shared values and you feel like you have rapport and you feel comfortable talking to them, all that stuff is a lot more important, or at least the most important stuff in the beginning. And and only then, if that is in place, can you then move on to form. And and form is about, you know, identifying, okay, the structure of, of how this relationship is going to look, how often we're going to meet, uh, how we're going to communicate, what we're going to talk about, you know, what boundaries we're going to put in place, you know, all those types of things come after. But first is that idea of essence and making sure that the relationship is is one that you think seems um, seems like it will work for you. Yeah. So essence, in other words, is what we are looking for in that mentor, as well as what um, we have to offer uh, that mentor as a mentee or, or vice versa. And the form is kind of the frequency and mode of communication as well as, you know, boundaries or goals, et cetera, kind of. Right. So with the form, you know, in the book, so the book is a story and then sort of the second half of the book is is um, a, a sort of more uh, nonfiction prescription for how to go about finding a mentor and making a successful mentoring relationship work. And in that, we go through kind of a six-step um, process, a six-step sort of formula for helping you do that. And, you know, it's just an acronym, MENTOR, M-E-N-T-O-R. And so, you know, the first step, M, is about mission. So you want to come up with a mission statement with your mentor or mentee. 
Um, just to make sure you guys are on the same page, you have a sense of where you're both headed. The next step E is about engagement. So figuring out how you're going to engage and making a commitment to engaging, you know, whatever regularity you want with your mentoring meetings or, you know, mentoring chats, whatever you want to call them, uh, make sure that you stick to that. You know, we're going to, we're going to meet once a month. We're going to talk on Skype every three weeks, you know, whatever it may be, make it, make it something regular. Um, then you've got M E then N is networking. And I think this is really important because, you know, this idea that cultivating productive relationships is, is really critical is essential when it comes to mentoring, because oftentimes, you know, one of the first reasons that people want a mentor specifically is they want someone who can help them connect with others to help them kind of, you know, level up in what area of life they're, they're interested in sort of further success in. And so it's important when you think about networking that what you're going to be doing is you're going to be having the opportunity to be introduced to, you know, people in the network of your mentor mentee. And you've got to really, really tread carefully and make sure that you are, you know, proceeding um, with caution and with care and, you know, taking care of those relationships because your mentor or your mentee has built those relationships over time. And by, by a function of, of being close with you, they're sort of opening up the kimono. So you've got to, you've got to make sure that, um, you're taking care with that. And so that's when we get to M E N T trust is it's all about this idea that building trust in a relationship takes time. Um, you know, in one minute mentoring, we share a story where we think this idea of sort of opening up your network can sometimes happen too soon in a mentoring relationship, right? You can, you can, um, get a little too close too fast and there can sometimes be, be, um, you know, not so great results to that. So building up trust is something that needs to happen and it probably needs to happen over time. Um, then you've got, you know, opportunity. You've got to think about why mentoring relationships bring with them great opportunities and how to best take advantage of those opportunities while still honoring the mentoring relationship. And then finally, sort of the, the sixth step in our kind of mentor formula is this idea of review and renewal. So in your mentoring partnership, you've got to make sure that you take the time to review and, and make sure you're, you're on the same page and make sure that things are proceeding, that, you know, it's, it's either time for you to sort of put the mentoring partnership on the back burner or it's time to, you know, renew and, and keep going forward. So that's sort of the, the six step process we, we take folks through, um, in the book. And I, I think it's a good structure for thinking about how mentoring can and best impact your life. So can I share that when I first read that we should be creating a mission statement for a mentoring relationship, I thought mm -hmm. to myself, oh gosh, some people are going to have a problem with that because why would I want to write a mission statement about a relationship? I know. Well, I, you know, I'm uh, I'm a pretty intentional gal, so I think for me, I really love the idea of doing that more in life. You know, I'm such a fan of you know what you see on Instagram. There are people who have like um, mission statements for their families, or they have those you know powerful words for their families, and they have them like on cool posters in their kitchen. And I'm always like, oh man, Jose, we need to do that. So I'm a total fan of this idea of mission statements, but I I understand and I've heard that sometimes folks can feel kind of overwhelmed and kind of nervous about what that means. But, you know, honestly, it's, it's not hard. It's not scary and it's not too formal, but it is just about making sure that you both have kind of a similar goal in mind for the mentoring partnership. And I think just to give kind of an example of, of sort of the downsides of not doing that, you know, I've talked to lots of folks who've had mentors over the years. And I think one of the things I've seen again and again, is that sometimes people as mentees, especially 
aren't able to really achieve everything they want or gain everything they'd hoped out of a mentoring relationship because sometimes the mentor doesn't even really understand that they are mentoring the other person, right? Because mentoring in reality can happen in all kinds of different ways. You can read a book and, you know, feel that you are getting mentoring through the page, right? You can have, um, you can be listening to someone on stage, give a speech and you can feel like, wow, I'm really feeling mentored by that message. But ultimately, the type of mentoring that I think that can be most effective long term is this real mentoring partnership. And to do that, you know, the mentor really has to be on board. And so I think making sure that you come up with, you know, a simple mission statement is a great first step in assuring that you both are really committing to something. Well, I think you hit it on the head there with the word partnership, because when I thought about what other kind of relationships do we have kind of an official written or at least verbal statement of, you know, the purpose of the relationship, I immediately went to, you know, membership in certain groups or specifically when you, when, it, when you think about it, what are some of the most important relationships we have, like having vows for a marriage, you know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. makes sense that, in other words, both people know why you're meeting and what the purpose is and what the nature of the relationship is, and that you're that you're stating out stating it, uh, you know, out loud and to each other, so that you can move forward. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think making that statement is is really important, and it's something that's really really easy not to do. And um, it's only sort of after the fact that you realize, wow, how much more could I have gotten out of, you know, that mentoring relationship in the case of mentoring had I identified what our what our goals and what our sort of plan was. I know that it's going to be different for each mentoring relationship, but what kind of guidelines would you give in terms of people thinking, oh, my gosh, is it going to take up all my time and, you know, how frequently or how often and and in what ways with what modes of communication with like text or phone or email, meeting in person? Like what kind of guidelines would you say in terms of starting off but then also maintaining a healthy mentoring relationship throughout the duration? So I think the big thing is regularity of communication. And I do think that this can really be different for different people. But, you know, for me, I think starting out thinking about communicating once every week or once every two weeks is a great idea. And by communicating, I don't necessarily mean just like a simple text, but I mean having some type of conversation, whether that's virtual or in person, to really get into, you know, the nitty gritty of of what you're there to be a mentor or mentee to the other about. Does that make sense? Because it's really in the beginning of a relationship that you kind of set the stage for everything that's going to come later. And it's in the beginning that you need to really get to know each other as much as much as, as possible within the boundaries of a mentoring partnership. So I would say regularity is really important. And I think in terms of modes of communication, I do think that is really particular to different people. Um, and so you've got to see what really works best for you. You know, I and I think this comes back to sort of this generational thing that you mentioned earlier, you know, if you're a millennial or if you're a boomer or whatever it may be, you know, there's Ken has this funny story that Ken's really big on phone calls, right? He loves just calling people out of the blue and expecting people to pick up. And his wife said to him, you know, one time, Ken, has it ever occurred to you that sometimes people just don't want to talk to you on the phone? And he's like, no, you know, honestly, no. And I, I find it hysterical because I'm not a phone person. I'm, I'm a texter. I'm an emailer. And so I think having some of those conversations up front can help you to, to feel better connected and better engaged as time moves forward. 
and to definitely maybe keep it in mind, you, you know, for example, with Ken's wife saying to him, you know, have you thought about this, that he would then start to consider that and be accommodating. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, you've both got to be accommodating. You've both got to understand that different people have different personality types. And this is the way that X person can best communicate. But over time, sort of being accommodating to one another and, you know, thinking about the ways that you can cater to one another while still honoring your own essence is really important. And I think you guys do a great job of illustrating this in the story in the book between the mentor and the mentee that depending upon the urgency maybe of the situation or the uh, request for guidance or advice or whatever you want to call it, that it could be a text or it could be a phone call or it could be a face-to-face or it even could be an email so that key piece being here is that between the two of them, they, they had decided what of all those methods and of what urgency uh, was the you know the what what protocol was okay? Absolutely, absolutely. I hadn't even thought about that before I was reading that in the story, and I just realized like, wow, that's really cool. Like a lot of people don't even have that type of communication rubric thought out just for day to day life, let alone business or you know networking relationships. So mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like that. Again, going back to what we were originally talking about when it comes to why we do this, there's going to be advice and guidance given. And what are some of the ways that we can best ask for that advice as well as receive that advice and apply it? Well, I think, you know, when you are hopefully, you know, if you're thinking that you want to mentor Um, particularly if you're thinking if you want a mentor, but also if you're thinking you want to, you know, you want a mentee, you probably are more open to receiving advice than, than maybe sort of, you know, the average Joe or the average Claire or the average Eric walking down the street. That being said, I I do think it's important when you enter into a mentoring partnership that you really realize that, Hey, you're not always going to hear stuff you love. It's your job here in, in the process of learning and growing to try to open your mind and, and be accepting of, of what you hear. And that doesn't mean you have to do everything your mentor suggests by any means. But, you know, it does mean that, you know, you're here to learn. So try to try to think about things you haven't thought about before and try to change the way you think about certain ideas. And that's, that's where you'll see kind of the most impact. I think one of the things you guys really show in a, a cool way is the place for introspection when it comes to receiving and even giving the engagement back and forth when it comes to mentoring relationships because when i was reading that and i you know the two instances where the mentor and the mentee have both realized something about the advice given or not get, you know given and then uh, they have to internalize it and and sit with it and even take some time to really be introspective about it I, I I really did think about your book design your day as well as the present principle and the <laughs> role that those play in this whole mentoring relationship because if you're going to really get something out of getting or giving in a mentoring relationship you're really going to have to be willing to sit with some stuff and internalize it and dig it or well not dig it but dig into it a bit more uh inside yourself mhm mhm i i absolutely agree with that and i think that 
luckily, as they say, you know, a lot of people who are looking for a mentor or a mentee are probably more open to, to doing that work. Um, but, but even so you've, you've got to be aware that, you know, it, it, it is some, it is some work and it is some effort. Yeah. I mean, it can be some soul searching. I mean, especially if the, the mentor does know you and in, in conversation with you and says some things that maybe, well, have you thought about this? And you're like, well, but you, <laughs> sit, you know, you sit with it and you think this person, you know, you chose them as a mentor for a reason. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. have earned your trust and they are trusting you. They're giving you guidance and it's worth your time and their time for that matter to consider it, what it is they're saying and to really see if that can have an impact Based, you know, against who you are and who you want to be, because obviously that's part of why you're meeting with them anyway. So, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, what are some of the other ways? Maybe dipping our feet in on being more open to being mentored as well as mentoring. If somebody, you know, I'm not so. Maybe I've done it in the past, but I haven't done it in a long time. I just don't know if it's right for me in this season. How do we get people to? Maybe have a quick win with a mentoring, you know, a very, very Mm -hmm. short term mentoring opportunity, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Ken talks about this idea of mentoring moments. And I think this is something that has really kind of impacted me and the way I think about mentoring. You know, as I mentioned earlier, mentoring can happen in different ways. Mentoring can happen in a book or you watching a video. These are all sort of small mentoring moments and and things that can teach you things. Many of us have, you know, people we sit next to on planes that provide us some small piece of insight that changes the way we think about something. So mentoring can happen in all different ways. And this book, um, provides sort of a framework for how a how the most successful we believe mentoring partnership can take place, right? But that type of partnership is a more long term partnership. If you're looking to just get a sense of what mentoring can do for you, I would say you know think of the number one topic or one or two topics in your head right now that you're really kind of wrestling with, and go on Google and find a TED talk about that topic, and just watch it and just have an experience of learning, and maybe you'll. Have have a mentoring moment, right? Or you could do the same thing with with reading a book on a topic you're really interested in or, or feel like you are wrestling with in some way. And I think that's just a great way to show you, hey, this is how um, this is how mentoring can be effective. And then let's see how you know you can take sort of that small mentoring moment and then transition it into, hey, maybe I want to look for a mentor that might be able to really help me think about my life holistically at the same time. Well, and two other instances I can think of that I think would really help people, and this is so obvious to me, is one, podcasts like this one, as well as your summit that's coming up where there's, what, 45-plus speakers or so all talking about mentoring and success and, and much more than that. I think that that makes a lot of sense. I mean this whole mentoring by proxy in, in, a, in a weird way. Way I don't know if that's really a term, but <laughs> I, I think that that's you know that's the world we live in these days, and I think I do think that that's what makes it so special or more poignant, I guess, when people can meet face to face or have non uh, you know consumptive type mentoring relationships where it's no me just reading their book or me just listening to their show or me just 
you know, consuming or listening or absorbing their stuff, but having it be a, a two-way thing. But mm-hmm. not everybody can find that that easily. But hopefully, again, wherever you are locally, that that's an option. But mm-hmm. it's not your only option is, I guess, what I'm trying to get at here. Agreed. Agreed. So, well, Claire, it has been awesome to have you back on the show again. Again, everybody needs to go sign up for the summit, and I'll have the link to that uh, after I close out this conversation with you. But again, the book, One Minute Mentoring, it comes out today, May 2nd, and it's by you and Ken Blanchard, and everybody should go grab it. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Claire, thank you so much for being here for the fourth time. Yeah, thank you. It's been really fun, Eric. I hope that this conversation on mentoring opened your eyes a bit to the prospects and the potential that mentoring can have for you, whether you're going to be a mentor or be mentored by someone. And again, I also hope that you choose to jump in on Claire's free summit that I am one of the speakers at, as well as many other well-known names, too many to list here. To find out more about this free summit, head on over to beyondthetodolist.com slash success summit also don't forget to submit your name and find out more information about the alt mba you can find that at altmba.com or shoot them an email at to do at altmba.com thanks again for listening to this episode of beyond the to-do list if you appreciated this episode and learned something from this episode please share it with someone you know would equally learn from this as well. I'll see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.